0: Hello, mamas, and welcome back to episode five in our VBack podcast series. Today, we are talking all about finding the right care provider for you. So, enjoy.
1: Hey, mama, I'm sending you
0: wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to get you through. Let's take some time for you. It's pregnancy with fizzy. back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today is our final episode, episode five in our VBAC podcast series. This has been my favorite series in so many. I've got a a lot of favorite series in this podcast, (laughs) but this one is so close to my heart. My own VBAC journey was genuinely the most transformational thing I have ever done It has truly changed me as a person, as Laura, as a wife, as a mother, how I operate in the world, how confident I am in myself. Like it has changed me in every facet and every way. And I am so passionate about helping women navigate the VBAC journey. Obviously, navigating birth in general, I'm super passionate about. It doesn't matter if you're a VBAC mama or not, I am so passionate about that transformation and helping you really get a positive experience but V back is a subcategory I am particularly passionate about because of my own my own unique journey so I'm kind of sad that this is the last episode but you know sneak peek there will be a round two coming out later in this year so do subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast because that will be coming out at a later date that will have a slightly different slant to it but it will still be VBAC focused but if This is the first time you're listening to this podcast. We do have four previous episodes in this VBAC podcast series. It is a five-part series. So please, at some stage, go back and listen to them. We cover the top tips to have a successful VBAC. We cover uterine rupture. We cover big babies, inductions, going overdue, what your actual chances of a successful VBAC are. We talk about ultrasound scans. We talk about so many factors that can influence your VBAC journey. It's super, super important to be able to read information have true informed consent when you're saying yes to something in your birth so really really passionate about all of that but today we're going to be talking about choosing the right care provider because i know this is tricky we know the research supports that having a like the right care provider for your birth has such big influence we know that to be true so it's not a matter of like Doing all the work yourself and making sure you're informed and prepared and all of that, and not worrying about the birth environment or the birth team because you've got it. Because I had it, I thought I had it anyway in my first two births. But a big part of that was my care provider and my care team weren't really on board. And a big part of why I think I had a su- successful VBAC for my third pregnancy and birth is because I was able to really understand and acknowledge the importance of the birth team and the birth culture and how much trust you have and support you have and how important all of these things are. So we really pull that apart today. We talk about how to find a supportive provider. We talk about identifying supportive versus tolerant care providers, really important. We talk about VBAC specific birth plans and we also talk about the important questions to ask your care provider to really identify whether they are a good fit for you and your birth preferences and what you want out of this birth experience. So This is a great episode. Please do share with me at Physiolaura on my socials. Let me know what you got out of this episode. Let me know if you're on a VBAC journey and who, if you feel like sharing, who is your birth provider? How comfortable do you feel with them? How did you find them? Like, I think the more we can share with each other, the better it is for everybody else. It means other women get to read, your stories, your ideas, your suggestions for how you found a really good birth provider or a good birth team and how you went about it because it can feel like a really lonely road. Um, I certainly know that when I first started looking at like other care providers outside of what I'd chosen for my first two pregnancies, I was at a loss. I was like I don't even know what other avenues to walk down right now, what other options I have right now and obviously it's dependent on finances, geographic location, like not everyone has access to every option depending on how much money you, you know, can put aside for this and where you are located. I know it's not easy but I think we're resourceful, amazing women, and we will make it work. Whatever we need to do, we will make it work. Um, and I know you're going to love this podcast. So please jump on over to at the VBAC link as well. If you really like Julie and Megan, and you want to learn more from them, they have a wealth of resources on their Instagram, and they have a beautiful blog as well that you can check out. So go and check them out. And if you want more support from me on your VBack journey, you want to keep fit every week with tailored pregnancy workouts, you want to absorb all of the birth preparation, mental and physical. We have a whole resources library on this, but you can find all of this inside my online program, The Pregnancy Posse. You can join at any time. It is always available to you. I'm ready to greet you. As soon as you jump on the inside, I send a little video to everyone who. Joins and fills in their questionnaire so that I can tailor the experience for you. And I would so love to meet you on the inside. I would so love to know about your VBAC journey, about your fears, about you know what's holding you back from really stepping into the birth that you want. So please come and join me inside there if that sounds good for you. You can find out more at thatpregnancyposse.com and you can trial it for seven days. And please do subscribe to the podcast so you don't have to keep forgetting about when these are released. You don't have to manually look it up; it will just pop up on your news feed. Subscribe to the pregnancy. Physio Laura podcast because I have some really epic interviews coming up, some epic series. And like I said, there will be like a round two V-Back series coming out later in the year. So I don't want you to miss that. But let's jump into today's episode, mummers, talking all about picking the right care provider. Enjoy. So we all acknowledge the importance of having a supportive care provider. And you mentioned in that earlier episode that the difference, was it 40% less likely to have a VBAC if your provider was not supportive? Is that right? Uh, 40 to forty to 50% more likely to have a C-section if you if have a big doubt. baby,
2: if they think you that's have a big right. baby.
0: So yeah. that's huge. And that obviously means that it is so important to ro- find your like supportive, appropriate aligned care provider. So I'd love to hear your take on women, giving them some advice on how to maybe differentiate between what you call a supportive versus a tolerant VVAC care provider, and then maybe um, questions or advice for women to be asking their care providers so that they know they're on the same path and that they are going to have a truly supportive care provider.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I feel like I love talking about providers because I have been through the ring around. I mean, that's what I would call myself, call the journey. Don't you think journey or journey, Julie, um, it was, it was a lot. I interviewed a lot of providers and I had a lot of providers doubt me and tell me like, no, you couldn't, you shouldn't do this, you know? And I just, after my VBAC, after two C-sections, I I knew the importance of a, a supportive provider, but then after having it, it was like, there is no way I could have done this without a supportive provider. Like there's no way. And, um, I also kind of left the system, the hospital system. and ended up delivering at a, at a birth center with a midwife, but having a provider that believes in you believes in your ability believes in your intuition, because if, he doesn't trust that you trust yourself. (laughs) How, how is he going to trust anything you say? Right. And like we were talking about acceptable risks. Like for me, it was a little increased. I had two previous cesareans and I wanted a provider that was going to be totally on board and say, I'm so glad you know the risks. Let's talk about the risks of both cesarean and vaginal birth. And I'm going to support you in whatever you decide, Mm. you know, Um, So finding a supportive provider is going to be so big. And some of the things um, that you can do to try and find this supportive provider is one, listen to podcasts and learn about how to find them. Two, um, get connected in your community, connect with doulas, birth workers, mothers, anyone there, especially that has had a V VBAC. So sorry, hope, hopefully your email box doesn't start blowing up now. <laughs> um, but finding people who've had VBACs and connect with those providers. And then even when you find those names and those providers, do your true due diligence because Julie and I have both seen where maybe someone would pick a provider that we actually wouldn't think is the most supportive VBAC supported, uh, provider, and then they go and they rock their VBAC, right? because they found something in that provider that maybe I or Julie didn't find in that provider. Mm-hmm. And so even then it's so important to, okay, we've got these names, now let's take them and interview them all. And um, one of the biggest things that we feel is important with finding providers is, um, Julie has said this from the very beginning, but do so in a space that's not so intimate and exposed. So. You're not taking off your clothes and in a gown and in stirrups talking to a provider about why you want to have a vaginal birth. It's professionally, you're clothed, you're comfortable, everyone's good. And then having an open conversation with open-ended questions, Mm. not do you support feedback? Yes. I mean, anyone can say yes or no, right? Like if I want you as my patient, I I can say, yeah, Mm. totally. But deep down, I might... You know, I might have doubts or I might have reservations and then I might not present those reservations until the end when you've already feeling like you've established care with me and you feel like it's too late and then you go for a C-section anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So open, ask an um, open-ended questions like um, how do you feel about feedback? How does it make you feel when your patients want to feedback? What do you do as a provider to help your patients have feedbacks? Um, what have you seen? What have you seen if a, if a patient goes overdue that helps like, you know, all these open-ended questions, because it's going to yeah. help you establish that relationship with them and, and really, I don't know, just really get the support and you have to find someone that you trust.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. agree with that. Did you have something you were going to add, Julie? I couldn't tell.
2: I know. Yeah. Well, no, I just thinking like certain like qualities that might be indicative the provider is more supportive versus not is, I mean, I guess there's just like one blanket thing we could say is like the more rules they have for VBAC than they don't have for everybody else, the less supportive they are. So like, if they're going to make you go into labor by 40 weeks or do a C-section, or they will not ever, 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 ever induce VBAC no matter what, or they're going to give you a chance as long as your baby doesn't look too big or, you know, all of those things like it, the more rules they have just for VBAC, the less supportive they're going to be generally. And, and Megan gave some really, really good points, just having those open ended conversations and trusting in your intuition big time. I've supported several clients. Um, especially lately, um, at a hospital that I would not recommend in my first choice for VBAC Mm -hmm. with providers that I would not recommend as my top choices for VBAC providers, but these, um, but I have to learn as a doula to, to to also trust my client's intuition, right? Mm -hmm. They, trust that they learn to really stand up for themselves and what they want and have these conversations with their providers. And they went on to have really beautiful experiences Mm. for their VBAC and VBAC after three C-section births in hospital. And like I said, it wasn't with a provider that I would, that I would choose probably even my top 20 list, (laughs) but (laughs) because But for some reason, they needed to end up being with that provider. So you could have a list of the best VBAC provider in the whole entire world, but that person still might not be a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. And you could be at a hospital with a really, really high C-section rate and a provider who really doesn't support VBAC at all, but that could still be the provider that you're supposed to be with for whatever reason. And you could still have a really beautiful experience. And so um, generally speaking, yes, the more rules they have for VBAC, the less supportive they are. Um, but also as Megan said, I'll just reiterate that again, have a dialogue with your provider, learn, create this, um, symbiotic relationship where they can trust you just like you can trust them because when Mm -hmm.
0: that happens, that's where you get
2: this really beautiful relationship and beautiful birth experience.
0: I 100% agree with that. I think, the collaboration between you and your birth team is so, so important, regardless of VBAC or not VBAC, if it's your first birth, like there needs to be a trust going both ways and a respect going both ways, not a um, authoritarian, you know, I'm up here and you're here and I tell you what to do sort of um, situation, which I know, unfortunately, a lot of women feel like they're in anyway. And maybe that's because... We are people pleasers and, you know, we've got our own stuff to work on, but it needs to be collaborative. It needs to be two people sitting side by side, making decisions together. And I think that is such a key factor. You need to be able to feel comfortable talking to your care provider to bring up these sometimes uncomfortable discussions where you have to put in boundaries and say what you really mean. And you need to feel comfortable that that will be respected and heard and you know, um, that you can have, yeah, like you said, the open dialogue. I just think that's such a key piece. If you don't feel comfortable bringing these things up with your care provider, that in itself is probably a red flag. Um, And if you're not feeling like you're working in collaboration together, that I would say is probably a red flag too. And I think- It's really important. It's never too late to change. I know many a woman who has at 39 or 40 weeks switched care providers and gone on to have amazing births. But I do think if you can have these conversations early, you know, before you're having to really deal with decisions. So I think if you can have these conversations at your first prenatal appointment about what is your take on going past 40 weeks? What is your take on big babies? What is your take on X, Y, and Z? It means that you're not then... Having spent eight months with a care provider building out rapport to at the final hour feel like you're in this position where you don't feel comfortable or that you were blindsided and something was presented to you that you weren't thinking would be a thing because maybe you hadn't had that discussion early days. So I think this is so key to if you can have these conversations earlier um, and I th- yeah, I think that's really, really important. And keep looking. There are so many care providers out there. Um, we, we, for the most part, have so many options available to us. So um, like you said, Facebook groups, other mothers, connecting with your community. I remember at one stage, because I was quite ready to give up on my VBAC journey, my husband said to me, if you really want this, Laura, you are a resourceful woman and we can move mountains to make this happen. And we were talking about moving state potentially to go Mm. and find a supportive care provider. And that might seem a little bit crazy, but I was so committed to this birth journey that if I couldn't find someone where I lived, I was fully prepared to potentially move for a couple of Mm. months to have this baby elsewhere where I could have found a supportive care provider. And I know for some women, they'll go, oh no, like no way would I do that. But if if you're willing, there's a way. I think, and finding the right person is super super important. And I I remember I sat down with an obstetrician for my VBAC 2 and I was so wrapped. He put a line in the sand and said, I won't support you to have a VBAC two. Or I, I think I say it wrong, vaginal birth after two seizures. But regardless, I was so grateful because I know where I was at with my mindset. If he had said that day oh, sure, you know, like, yeah, we could we could maybe make that happen. I probably would have stuck with him and I would not have had the journey that I've had because I'm quite confident he was not supportive, but he was tolerant potentially. But I'm so grateful that he said no because it forced me to then go look elsewhere. So I guess it's probably important for women to recognize where a yes is actually probably a no and where that tolerance is more tolerant than supportive. Um, I think that's really important too.
1: Yeah, exactly. And when I was looking for my provider um, to support me for my VBAC after two C-sections, that's exactly what I was finding is some people were like, yeah, sure. We can try. That's no problem. I don't see any harm in you trying. And anytime the word try came out of someone's mouth, it, mouth, it actually made me mad. It's like, no, I'm not. And What do you mean trying? Like, I am going to like, I'm going to do it, you know, because in my head, I was, I was gung ho, like I was ready to do it. And then it was like, well, like, sure, we'll, we'll see, you know, and it was like, no, I wanted someone to say, absolutely, I'm going to do everything in my power to be there for you 110%. Yeah. And I am going to help you do this. And it was mid pregnancy, you know, and I just, I, I had this feeling, and I met this provider, and she was like, honey, you weren't given a chance. Yeah. She's like, you can do this. Your body's capable. And I was like, wait, really? It, it's capable. <laughs> like, even then, like, I even still doubt it. Like, yeah. so I'm like, yeah, I can. And then some days I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know if I could do this. Like, you know, cause I would have seed of doubt. And it reminded me earlier when you said, you know, you're having lightning crotch and your, your midwife's like, no, honey, that's, that's great. That's normal. That's really good. And you're like, oh, you know, you need a provider that's going to build you up and share that fact with those facts with you and not place doubt of fear or question or make you even think that your body is less capable at all.
0: 100% agree. I'm curious to know Megan. Um, you said you had a birth center birth. what What's the legality like where you live for finding a care provider for a Vbac2 because I know over here, I'm not sure if you've listened to my birth story, but it was quite an ordeal for me to find a provider that could actually support me legally under their registration to have a VBAC2 outside of the hospital system. So was that tricky for you?
1: Um, Yes, yes, it was. But we actually, I think we're pretty lucky here, Julie. Don't you think? Like, we're pretty lucky. Um, I feel like in a lot of ways, they're more restricted with multiple cesareans with like providers who are not CNMs, So certified nurse midwives, but also in the hospitals, I feel like they're a little bit more restrictive, Mm. uh, with multiple cesareans. And so here it was a provider that was a, a CNM. She used to work in the hospital. She now worked out of the hospital. She's completely certified. And capable of doing all the extra things if there was an emergency. So they do need to be able to like, you know, help and support you and save yours or baby's life. Yeah. But um, that was really, I mean, we're really lucky. We, we even have midwives here who can deliver breech babies at home that's awesome yeah Yeah, there's a
2: couple there is some legal legalities so certified midwives like can't do feedback after three or more cesareans they can't deliver breach or twins but if they're if they're not certified they can do um certain things and if they're licensed they're limited in certain ways and if they're unlicensed and not certified Um, like lay midwives can do anything. And so the certification standard and the licensing guidelines provide the restrictions and limitations. And even those are different by state. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those are Those are just specific to Utah, the state that we live in.
0: Yeah. It's so variable, isn't it? Like I, I had only ever gone the route of private obstetrician. So when I was going through this third journey, I was like, whoa, there's so many ways to birth. There's so many environments and providers and different ways. And I remember getting on the phone to my doula and I was like, right, this is where I'm at. My OB said, can't do a VBAC two. What are my options? Thinking I had like one option. And she just walked me through what felt like 10 different options. And I was like, wow, there's just so much out there that we often just haven't been exposed to. Like a home birth, for example, like a lot of women wouldn't even know where to start looking for a home birth, let alone potentially a V-back home birth. And there's just so many options. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah. I had all um, three of mine at home. Did you really? VBAC, so, yeah.
2: yeah you no go. way I was going back to the hospital. Not going to Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah I, I feel the same. <laughs> um, <laughs> see, even here, like I was told if I was, a V back after one Caesar that I could have maybe had um, some private midwife support through like our local birth center. But if I was two, I couldn't, but then I'm quite confident. I heard a story of a local lady who had had two that did use them. So I'm like, is it a wait list thing? I have no idea. It's so confusing, but all I know is that if there's a will, there's a way and you will find The perfect situation for you, if if you if you look and if you're willing to, you know, be flexible and move if you need to or or whatever it is, but you don't have to accept just what someone's told you is the only way for you to give birth if that doesn't feel right for you. So I think that's really important. And if you need to move to Utah, there you go. So (laughs) there you go. Hey, Megan had a client
1: fly here from Russia. Really. What? Or from Russia. Mm-hmm. No way. Well, this was pre-COVID, but yeah, they, oh. they came here from Russia, had their baby, and then went home.
0: So, so
2: Russia is way bad on wow. that side of things. Yeah, on, on um VBAC. The they wow. don't allow yeah. it. Yeah. So what are you like Facebook advertising
0: to Russia or something? How do these women know about <laughs> well, it you? Is,
2: I'm pretty sure. So one lady, the first one found us from... Was it the first? It was on Instagram and yeah, uh, she's on Instagram and she found the V back link. And me and Megan were just t- taking turns with referrals that came in through that way before we started our dual directory. And um, it was Megan's turn and and Megan, oh, she's so lucky. She's episode number 30 on our podcast. Or I'll 31, I think. Out. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really incredible. And then I think that she just has the magic Russia doula now. It's I love Russia, it. Russia Vivac doula. That's her new branding really slogan. Cool. You should put it on your website. Russia yeah.
0: Vivac But again, that's I think so that's cool. such a good example of like. You, you can move countries to have an incredible birth experience. And I think you can do whatever, like, it's not crazy. Some people might think you're crazy, but if that's what you need to do, do it. Like, if that's what you need to yeah. do to find the right care provider, it may not be as straightforward as you
1: would hope, and it may require more effort, but it's worth it. And the thing is, um, when I was talking to my husband about going out of hospital, right? He's like, oh my gosh, you're going to choose the most expensive option, blah, 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 all the money, you know, typical man focusing on money. (laughs) I get it. But, um, you know, kind of, and I tell my clients this too, like in the grand scheme of things in like, for me, I don't think about my son's going to be six. I don't care or think about, any dollars spent preparing my body, getting the right provider, going to the right location, going to the chiropractor and doing those things that helped me get such a birth experience that I will cherish forever. But I will say I have a lot of regret for not following my intuition and worrying about other people's feelings, other people's thoughts and finances yes. and doing things a way that were less ideal or desired by me but more quote unquote the way it's done <laughs> and to me like i i regret i regret that completely and i spent more and had more trauma and more processing and more physical pain than i did by paying to you know what i mean like mm. it's an experience it's an experience that you hold on to forever this Birth is not just running a marathon and getting a medal at the end. Mm. Birth is so much bigger. It's so much deeper. There's so much more mentally, physically, you know, emotionally, all of these things and you hold on to them. It's a life experience that you hold on to forever. Forever. Whether or not you like you were talking about earlier, like little minute details, like wait, was I induced? Was I like those are little details, but the whole experience you're gonna remember forever. And if you pay an extra $4,000, say, right, to do something different, and then you have this amazing experience that you're going to cherish in a positive, beautiful, humbling way, and maybe it's going to be healing for you, I promise you, you're not going to say, I shouldn't have spent that $4,000. You are going to say, $4,000, well spent, I'm so happy, and I will cherish this forever.
0: Uh Wow. what I feel like we should just finish there. Cause that's an epic way to just summarize everything that we're mm-hmm. trying to convey here. I have a little filter. I put things through of what would my eight year old self think of this decision? And I remember going through the birth process and thinking, I am the only one who walks away from this, carrying this with me, the obstetrician yes. on the day. They're not going to think about <laughs> Laura, who you know came in on this date to have a, oh. but I will, I will carry this with me forever. So I should not be making decisions that my eight year old self will not be wrapped about. I need to make decisions for me because when I'm 80, I'm the only one facing those decisions that I made. No one on the day, you know, maybe because it was convenient or because that's how they wanted to do it. I need to make these decisions for me because when I'm 80, I don't want to have those regrets that I didn't make. Decisions for me. So
1: exactly. And then hire a birth photographer, ding it. <laughs> yeah. I say I, say I that all the time too, though. Um, like my provider, I felt bad at 36 weeks. I had a strong intuition I should change. I had this feeling I shouldn't be there anymore. That's your
2: second, yeah?
1: Second. But yeah. I had this feeling like, oh, he's been with me the whole time. I don't want to hurt his feelings. Mm. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, you know, I, d- I don't want to cause bad feelings between him and I and whatever. Like, now there's
2: bad feelings, did, did but my not prov- from him.
1: Did my provider care for me? Yeah. Yeah. He ca- he, care- <laughs> <Julie>. <laughs> he cared, Julie. He cared. <laughs> no. He wanted he wanted me to be safe. He wanted me to have, he wants me to be here. He wants me to have a great baby, right? Wanted but to watch he- the jazz game. Did he care if I left his care? No. He wouldn't have really, I mean, sure, he might've cared for a hot second. He's not going to remember me two days later because he's going to have Sally, Jane, Sarah, and Mary, Mm -hmm. you know, and, but I will remember everything he said in my second C-section word for word. It will be in my brain forever. And what he said created doubt. And I shouldn't, you know, if I would have just followed my intuition, I would have been able to maybe... Have less doubt in my own ability and move forward. So 100%. they're not going to remember you. Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. Like you You've said, we've got to trust
0: ourselves, don't we? And we've got to yes. be okay with being inconvenient or not yes. being liked. And I feel like this is just like a bigger talk about like maybe women in general and how we're ready. And- take up space, take up all the space. Yeah, exactly. And I know I felt really uncomfortable being inconvenient or being disliked or rocking the boat. And I've come to realize that we should not be caring about those things if that path that is true for you requires inconvenience and, you know, rocking the boat, it's the path you need to take. Um, The people-pleasing needs to drop, hey? So, oh, this has been such a wonderful chat. I've kept you guys for so long, but I feel like I could talk. Talk for hours and hours. I know this is going to be so valuable for all the VBAC mamas listening to this. So thank you so much, Megan and Julie, for your time today. You. It has been epic. Absolutely. It has been amazing. Thank, yes, you. Thank, thank you. It was an honor. Hi, mamas. I really hope that that final episode in our VBAC series talking all about picking an amazing, supportive, trusting care provider... Has really helped to close out what I think has been an epic podcast series. I have so enjoyed bringing this to your ears. I have so enjoyed hearing women's journeys and on VBACs and how they've really like chosen them and really felt informed and confident this time and like fully empowered in their birth choices. And I'm so, so happy to bring this to your ears. I would love to hear from you if I haven't already. If you've listened to this whole series, please get in touch with me at Physio Laura. I want to know what you loved about it. I want to know any follow-up questions you have. I don't want you to feel alone. I want you to feel fully confident, informed, educated and empowered on whatever decision you make. I want it to be coming from that place of confidence and education and empowerment. That is my wish for everyone. I could care less if you have a vaginal birth. I could care less if you have a cesarean section. That is not what this podcast is about. This podcast is about giving you all the tools and information you need to be able to pick the right path for you. Because I know how much of a cluster, I shouldn't swear on this podcast, I know how much of a mind explosion <laughs> v-back journeys can be i've been there i've navigated it twice one i had a cesarean the other one i had a v-back so i've been on that v-back pathway twice now i get it so i just really want to put this in your ears i've been so proud to release this series out and yeah i would so love to hear from you if you have any questions please hit me up at physio laura or come and join me inside my online pregnancy membership the pregnancy posse ask me all of your questions in there i'm in the forum. I do Q&As if you've got questions. I am like really quite hot on the email. I really love being able to respond to as many women as I can. Plus there's all of the beautiful weekly workouts to keep you in shape, to keep you fit, to keep you strong, to keep you in tune with your body. I've got all of the breathing, the mantras, the yoga, the meditations, everything you need to prepare yourself for birth. Take what feels good for you and go and have an amazing birth so wherever you are i hope you're having a wonderful day i will be in your ears shortly with another amazing podcast series and yeah much love to all of you i'll chat to you soon